here Roro is, sets the play up. I mean, he reminded me of in RoboCop 2 where he digitally mapped the itinerary where the bullet needs to go off the wall. Roro did the same thing with this ball. He mapped out uh, Connor Donovan was exactly where he needed to be. He was able to get a perfect line. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's episode, we have some playoffs to talk about here, especially our win on Saturday, 1-0 against New Mexico, which marks actually the second consecutive year in which we beat New Mexico in the same phase in playoffs. Won't go less than last year. Last year was 2-0, but hey, we get a win, we move on, and now we get to play against Uncle Ruckus FC, who... Uh, didn't have a good time the last time that they had to travel down to Sacramento. So we're hoping to, you know, revive that again and uh, <laughs> be able to um, get the win there. But let's go ahead and introduce, as usual, our team members here on the show, Sharon and Jared. Let's go to you, Sharon. How's it going? Going splendidly. Tomorrow is my sister's birthday. Everybody knows Donna. Um, you know, travel to Hughes Stadium when the game is at Heart Health Park. Donna, that person. Anyhow... <laughs> You guys remember that one. Uh, Jared, how are you doing? You're all stopped up from your shopping trip. Yeah, I've got me a few good things and uh, celebrating 80s weather. So that's always a plus. Can't wait for Friday, but uh, we've got a couple quick things we'll discuss here. And then also I have a very quick USL Unsolved Mystery for, for everyone. So we'll make this episode as quick as possible. Awesome. Well, yeah, Jared, looking forward to hearing that. And once again, this is one of those uh, Unsolved Mysteries that neither Sharon nor I know what it is but we're looking forward to it so uh we'll be just as surprised as uh y'all listening as well (laughs) Sharon, do us the honors of introducing galazo gratitude please and now one of my favorite segments galazos of gratitude where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people situations or events that have touched them anyhow let's go Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. So listen, this whole weekend, this whole situation with Sac Republic has been so splendid. Last week, Kevin Burdick like, hosted or organized five volunteer events. I went to two of them. I really thank him a, a lot for you know putting the ball, uh, getting the ball rolling with those sorts of things. And it was fabulous. We were appreciated. All five events, everybody really enjoyed having us there and they want most of them well i heard two of them say we want you back when there's more things to do and i mean that's just such a good feeling if anybody gets a chance to volunteer do it it's great um just also want to thank all of the folks who come up to us and chat with us and cheer for the team with us you know i'm i'm thinking ted i'm thinking um bridget they always hold space for me they're wonderful people and then finally for the Tower Bridge Battalion, they threw a party for, I think it was Sergio Huerta's birthday weekend. And man, I did a little reel. I didn't realize how much fun looking back that he was having because he his face was just lit up. They had a mariachi band out in the parking lot for a pregame. So it was great. I expect everybody to be at the match on Friday. Kings, schmings, whatever. Come to the Sac Republic match on Friday the 27th. So those are my glosses of gratitude. Really appreciate everybody. Um, Thanks for listening. It's been great. Jared. All right. So 
glasses of gratitude also going out to Kevin Burdick and everyone that was able to help volunteer for, for the week of uh, volunteering. Awesome to see the photos and everybody working hard you know, to better the community. I mean, there's got to be some time that I get into that as well. I mean, I'll start kicking that can around us sometime soon. Also, big glasses of gratitude going out to Detroit City FC for returning the favor that, that we did them last week. Uh, we beat Miami FC to get them into the playoffs and in turn Detroit takes out Pittsburgh to get us as a hosting priority for, for the final now should we get that far uh, also Golazo's a, a gratitude to John for filling us in with as much information as we can as, as far as the referees for, that we have for this match and I'm sure we'll find something out uh, either this Tuesday as far as who's going to referee against uh, on Friday and then also, one last uh, big uh, glass of gratitude going out. San Diego Loyal, gone uh, gone too soon. Four years of great memories of us playing against San Diego and the hospital fans. We're definitely not, uh, not going to forget y'all folks. Luis, what do you have? Thanks for bringing that up, Jared. I mean, I, I also join you in uh, those you know, good wishes to the fans over in San Diego. And yeah, I'm sure they're going to transition to the MLS team, but... You know, it, it's a shame that USL couldn't have more support to them because I think that team could have still had plenty of support staying in USL championship. And they always had competitive teams, too. So it's always a shame when you have a team that gets supported and would always make playoffs and always gave everyone a run for their money. Well, I have two quick ones here. First one goes out to a special guest I brought to the match. Her name is Alicia, and uh, it was her first ever match in Sacramento. Not only did we have a great time there, but she also bought me a blanket. And if you guys don't know, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but one time I bought one of those really soft Sac Republic logo blankets, which if you haven't bought one yet, go buy one, especially in, in this uh, chilly weather here. But I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if someone took it away from my parents' house when I used to live with them, <laughs> but it disappeared, which again... I don't blame if someone took it because uh, it's super soft and definitely something you want to carry with you to games or just have it at your home. And then another one goes out to John for not only helping me out get those tickets, which was really awesome. Great view as always sitting in a 106 or 105. Those are like the two best views in my opinion. But also he brought a poster, one of the posters that I missed out on, the one that we thought we had not gotten any of <laughs> that we later found out i know it was a use on some mystery but sharon and i found out that i guess they had actually given them out but maybe they may have had limited supply and <laughs> we just didn't get uh, anything since we are usually the last ones to leave the stadium <laughs> and also a seat cushion as well which apparently i think was a giveaway that was done in the last game and those always come in handy whenever you have to sit in the bleachers which i think might be my situation for the game on friday Gosh, Jared, I wish you were going to be here this weekend, man. Uh, I mean, it's me nice. too. Yeah. It's, it's I, nice. I mean, Go ahead. I was going to say, I would love to be there this Friday. Y'all already know why. Not not just because of the game, but for either before or afterwards. Especially since our friend will be there. <laughs> <laughs> we could use you jeering our, our special friend, frenemy. Um, oh, of course, of course. Yeah, we could we could certainly use it. You know, it's funny because a lot of people have forgiven and forgotten or forgiven people's bad behavior, and 
I really have to appreciate people like that or that don't remember all that went on with him, but know that he was a former Sac Republic player because once you've played for the Republic, you're always Republic. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how we have been in the past. And, you know, maybe who knows down the road when egos are less and, you know, people transition in life, it'll, it'll be different. But anyhow, one more actually that I, I got to say as well. One thing that happened that happened already before, I think I mentioned it here at one point. One of our listeners heard me. He turned around and I uh, had to ask if it was me. And so a shout out to Nick for listening to State of the Republic. Again, it's always really awesome when uh, you get to talk to listeners of our show and get you to hear their insights. Him. Dude, we could have used his clip because he and I had a chat before the game. We were waiting in line. I, and I forgot to mention that. Nick is brilliant. There's a bunch of people that really understand soccer or that have coached it. And Nick is one of those people. And it was just so, I don't know, what do you call spiritual to hear his take Mm -hmm. on things. We need to get him on a clip. You know what I mean? Get him, throw him onto an interview, 30 second interview, and then post it or bring him on as a guest between Nick and John and the people that I sit with. And it's just amazing the soccer knowledge that goes in. And then there's some friends of mine that sit in front of me, Barry, and I can't remember his friend's name, who's also incredibly astute with respect to the game. And they just want to talk strategy, formation, tactics, Mm -hmm. technique. They want to talk about individual players. They want to, and it's just so wonderful to hear all that. And we, we need to give voice to those people. And so if you are listening to this and Michael as well, if you are listening to this, drop us a note. I mean, drop us a, a record yourself and shoot it to us on Facebook, mess that stuff down and we can throw it up if we don't get a chance to interview you in person where you are at the, at the stadium. So, mm. I mean, this is all wonderful soccer knowledge and we need to get it. Oh yeah. And one more thing in section 106, People are so passionate. I think maybe as much as 105, by the way, <laughs> because people can get you know a little loud and, and it's great. It's playoff time. We know there's no tomorrow if you don't win. And so just shout out to the people. And I'm sure in other sections as well, but I'm just speaking to <laughs> the immediate sections that uh, I was around. Always really great to see that and, and to see a sold out stadium too. I mean, thank you everyone for being so like involved in the match. It was so cool. One last thing. You know, it's so funny because the team after the game is over always goes to the Tower Bridge Battalion, but they need to make their rounds to the entire, all supporters. It's not just TBV. They're the loudest and they're the most steadfast, you know, in their travel, they travel. But the rest of the stadium is freaking awesome. All of the fans all the way around. So just a little quick note to the players, if you're listening to this, please don't forget your fans in 107, 106, 105, 104 that come down to the rail and hope and pray that you don't just make a beeline for the locker room or, you know, your huddle of friends. We're, we're there. We want to see you. We want to congratulate you or we want to feel what you feel after the game. You know, win or lose, we're there for you all the way around the stadium, all the sections, you know. Anyhow. Enough said. Luis, let's talk about that wonderful goal that we got and the wonderful saves, cat-like reflexes. I swear to God, Danny Vidiolo, his former life, he was a freaking cat. He was a big tiger, (laughs) and he could bat anything out of the air. He could catch things in the air. I mean, the dude is phenomenal reflexes. You know, New Mexico is hard to beat for us. We have beaten them, but they have been 
a tough team and to see what Danny and the defenders did against, against them was pretty phenomenal. There are a couple things that the guys could clean up on. And I heard Danny, I don't know if you saw it, Luis, Danny Vidiolo yelling to Mark, get your players to move up the field. And he was screaming at Mark. It's like, Oh, I guess Danny needed to make sure the players moved up the field because they were kind of standing a lot. And I don't know, Jared, if you could see that while you were watching, but there were certain times where the players were a little flat and not moving on the field together as one and compressing the space towards New Mexico. You know, we were getting a little bit too stretched out, which is for Danny, that sucks. When you stretch mm -hmm. out our lines, you know, our midfield, our defense and our, our strikers, everybody has to move as a unit up and back. And he was, he, I could see, we could see it. And then he said something to Mark and I'm glad he did. At least that's what I thought I heard him say. So anyhow, keep going, Luis, what's going on? Yeah, well, you described it perfectly too, right? And New Mexico is always tough. We know when we traveled to New Mexico, we got probably, I mean, we got the worst loss of the season over there too. And then at home, not too long ago, right? It was one of those midweek games. We tied 0-0. So uh, that was that was one of our like <laughs> rough teams to play against overall. And, and we look at the head-to-heads this season. And so we knew going into it, it's not going to be an easy one. This isn't probably going to be the same New Mexico as last year. Well, no, we beat 2-0. And we saw it reflect there in the match, right? Thankfully, we got the goal early on. But I hope that in this next game on Friday, we don't see the same strategy applied because... We're not usually a team to park the bus. So I was actually surprised for most of the time that, especially in the first half too, that it seemed that way. New Mexico just kept coming through, coming through. We had, you know, Russell up front. A few other guys would move up front every now and then, but not as often as we've seen them move up in other games. And I get it. It's a playoff game and all that, but you can't fall short to that and just do that. So if Danny actually told that to coach, hats off to Danny, first of all, for... <laughs> To, like shouting to coach that because it's probably never easy to <laughs> to talk to coach that way but i did actually notice i don't know sharon if you heard anything differently but i was trying to hear coach and there's been other games where i hear him a little more vocal and in this one it seemed like he wasn't as vocal in other matches was it just me or did no, he no, not no. seem you, himself in 106 you can't hear him as much especially when the tbb and all of us were mm -hmm. yelling and screaming well whatever all game long, right? Okay. It's not, you can't hear it as much in 106 as you can in 105, but I'll tell you what, he was not happy before halftime. It, he has his book, his little playbook mm -hmm. that he carries with him. And I think it's kind of like fidget widget kind of thing, you know, where you hold no. on to something so you don't <laughs> like destroy your legs and slapping yourself. So, but whatever, you guys know what I'm talking about. So he has this book and I don't know how many times he threw it on the ground, but it was a lot of it was the officiating was frustrating mm -hmm. him, but his team was very frustrating because we were making the periodic defender blindness pass, mm -hmm. you know, where you go to pass and you pass it into the, or, you know, the pass comes to you, but you weren't where the defender thought you were when he was passing to you. You know, there was a couple of times where Aldeir wasn't, up he was back and the pass went in front of him or you know little little tiny little things that you know they've been working on like crazy you know more precision you know more passion more passion mm. more footwork sorry there's a, a meme out there you know what i'm jared you know what i'm talking about anyhow so at one point before the half 
I don't know if it was because he saw Todd walking towards him because Todd always goes to the locker room at halftime. But Mark was not happy with everything and he threw his mm. book down. And I'm thinking to myself, God, I want to be a fly on the wall at halftime because he motivates them. But I don't know how strongly those words were this time. And Todd, the look on his face said it all. He was not happy. And if Mark took a look at Todd and Todd saw Mark, they probably both exchanged that feeling of frustration. And, you know, there's a little anxiety that goes on when you have not scored, you know, and, and you're looking at your squad and you know, they have it in them, but things just aren't, they're not playing with that fluidity that we've seen in the, in the past with them. You know, things were just kind of like a little step behind a little, you know, it's like you get ahead of the music or you're behind the music and you come out a little flat. That's what I think coach was seeing, you know, with respect to the way that things were playing. We saw a different team in the second half, totally different team. They were more, they weren't reactionary as much. We saw Luis Felipe come alive. I think he was hidden in the first half. Mm. A lot of people said that to me, where's Luis Felipe? We haven't seen much of him, but he, he's Mr. Playoff guy. You know, he's the one and done kind of player. He loves Mm. this kind of thing and this pressure and this competition. So don't know what happened there, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, we get this magic and Connor Donovan gets his first goal this year. Talk about a guy that has been wanting a goal so bad. He's watched Shane Wheat score. He's watched Jared Timmer score. And he has been trying so hard to get that goal. And this one went in. We've seen Luis Felipe come out of the, you know, the back, the D mid area and come up and score. We've seen Matt LaGrasse score. We've seen all the guys score. But Connor, and now Connor has broken that ice, and we expect big things out of him the rest of the uh, postseason. Yeah, no, and he was angry for it, right? How many times have we talked about it here that Connor wants the goal? He wants, but hey, what better than to score it where it's going to matter the most, which is a playoff game, and only that, but to be the one who scores the goal that ultimately leads us to the next phase here. And we got to start first. Talking about that great assist, though, by Roro. We know he's oh an assister as well. And we know that, especially now in this part of his career, he's not much more the goal scorer that he was before, right? He's more of like, let me give you a good uh, cross and go in and do your thing and get, get us the goal there. But perfectly well-placed, right? He, and Connor saw it. I mean, he knew that it was going right to him. And in great fashion, right? He the headers it. Not just the typical way you just header it without it spiking. I mean, he basically spikes the ball down and then it's going to go in. And that's exactly what happened there. So this was a really odd play because th- this wasn't, this was, I don't want to say against the run of play, but Connor, what was the, what was he doing up high? The only other person that we saw that was normally not back far is Luis Felipe. All of our other defenders had dropped back, but Connor stayed. And this was, Interesting because you had, you know, Aldair, you had Russell, you had other guys in the box in the area. What was Connor? And it was so good he was there. But my heart was like, was this a leftover from a play prior and he stayed up? Or was this one of those calculated risks that we took by not, you know, by, by letting him creep up? Nobody expected this. None of the Mexico, you can look up, you know, on their faces. They did not expect this out of, out of us. So just super happy that it happened. And 
Ah, there you go. It was a. Yeah, I think it was a corner kick because he was still. Yeah. He was, he was still so back high. too. He was trying to get out of the offside trap, and and he figured, let me just stay here, right? Because Roro got the ball. Yeah. He figured he's probably going to send in the cross. Let me be available here, and and that's how you do it. I mean, it's risky, right, with corner kicks. Right. Heck, if you know well, that you're about to get another cross, then you go right at it. So the person who was listening to the broadcasters was Jared, and I don't know if the broadcasters could tell that there was good communication on the field, like the guys were telling him stay up there, you know, because you have to tell if you're going to stay up, you've got to make sure your position is covered. And the guys that are covering for you have to let you know that they're covering for you and to stay up. And so I wish I could have heard that communication on the field. When Matt LaGrosse is on the field, I can hear him, but I couldn't hear, you know, if these guys talked about it. Jared, what did you hear from the announcers? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to really hear the, the announcers that too well because the voice head that I'm on, on there, the audio is about maybe 30 or 40 seconds, it seems, ahead of what I get on ESPN+. Plus. But yeah, I would definitely love to have another listen again, because I, I know it definitely looked like that there was a lot of communication going on on the field, especially from Danny, like, like you mentioned earlier. And really, I mean, that, that's what we need, because without that communication, we're not going to know what area needs coverage or where an opportunity lies. But I definitely like the fact that the team is communicating a lot more. And this play was definitely... A perfect example. Here, Roro sets the play up. I mean, he reminded me of in RoboCop 2 where he digitally mapped the itinerary where the bullet needs to go off the wall. Roro did the same thing with this ball. He mapped out that Connor Donovan was exactly where he needed to be. He was able to get a perfect line to Connor, and then he just taps it in with the old noggin right into the back of the goal. I mean, you cannot get very much more precise than this action with Roro and, and Connor on, on this goal. Yeah, and he did what he had to do. He hammered it in, basically, right? in other words there. <laughs> and that's exactly what he needed to do, right? Because had he not actually hammered that ball, I think the goalkeeper gets it, right? And sometimes you got to get a little creative with your how you header and not just header towards the goalkeeper like it happens, you know, sometimes, right? When you see some headers and they go directly to the goalkeeper's uh, arms there. But I do want to say something, though. I mean, the assist was really great by Roro there, but a lot of players, I think, are still remembering the Roro from 2014 and the early years because they gave him some long balls that he could have probably gone to 10 years ago, but now it's like, don't make him... Because we know Roro's still going to try to go for it, right? As any player should, but he's risking an injury, right? Or he's not going to get to it, and it's... It's just he's not gonna like you calling him old, dude. <laughs> well, hey, we're we're about the same age here too, so be <laughs> old too. But what I'm saying is, like, they need to make sure that they give him more uh, shorter passes because it's gonna be tough for him to get to the ball, you know. And it, it's just it sucks, right? I wish we still had the same Roro from ten years ago in terms of speed, but you know what, you you just got to be more careful with him. We don't want him to get injured again. And he's he's good in the, doing those short passes. And that's why I, I kind of predicted he was going to be the first to get subbed out in the second half because we needed more speed. And unfortunately, you know, he, he couldn't deliver on the speed right now. Hey, you know what? But Roro does really good things when he's in there. You're, you're right. He is the, the, the pass, the marshal, you know, the person who sees a lot on the field. He And he will tell you himself, he's never been the fastest guy in the field. He's the smartest guy in the field. 
And when you're the smartest player, you don't have to be fast. You just have to be right and accurate. And that's one of the things that Roro is almost always accurate. He see, His head's on a swivel more than any guy on, out there. How many times have you seen Roro turn into pressure? No, he knows where the pressure is. We've seen Arnold turn into pressure. We've seen some of the other you know, younger players turn into pressure. You know, they collect the ball and they turn and boom, they're right. You know, they get the ball stolen, which is a little bit of why our possession numbers are lower than most teams. But we also play the counter. And, you know, I, I, I had heard one of the players to, on Saturday, I was asking him what he thought about, this was a player that wasn't playing, what he, what he thought about our low percentage of possession and he said our block is good the way we set up is good he goes and we're fabulous on the counter so that if we haven't figured that out as fans by now that this team is a absorb pressure and counter attack team you know it's like you weren't watching <laughs> because that's one of the things we've always said we we call we collect we absorb this pressure we keep the ball out of the net you know we've got great people to do that. But then when it's time to turn the burners on and, and flip the switch, we do that really, really well. So anyhow, Roro is part of the mastermind. We've built this team around accurate passing when the time comes, when it's right. And so it's okay to have a attacking midfielder or a withdrawn midfielder that helps us set up these wonderful opportunities. Dude is deadly. Oh yeah, just uh, again, just don't make sure if you give a long pass, uh, pass it to someone else, right? Because if, if you give a long pass, then do it with speedy players like Jack, right? Give him a yeah, long Jack, pass, the, the guy's gonna I'll run. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna you run know, for even, it. Even Kecko, his foot turnover, you know, his turnover, he's actually faster than he looks, but when mm. he gets the ball, he doesn't get dispossessed very often. And as a matter of fact, he's pretty sneaky because of his low center of gravity, he steals balls. How many times have we seen Kecko, a dude will have his head down, and the next thing you know, Kecko comes out with the ball. It's like, how'd that happen? That was fast. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, guy's, the guy's pretty phenomenal that way. Luis Felipe goes in with two feet and comes up with the ball. Sometimes <laughs> gets called for the foul. But uh, <laughs> he's, uh, Luis is pretty good at, at blocking and, and recovering and, and restarting the play as well. Anyhow, yeah. can't, was- can't say enough about our guys, but so here we're going to watch a corner kick by New Mexico that Danny, oh my God, thank God for Danny. Yeah, happened in the 25th minute. I don't know what you guys think, but in my opinion, I think this was the save of the match and also a critical turning point in the match. And I know it was early on still, but had Danny not done the save that he did, which was crazy, right? That shot was going in. That shot was a really strong shot that they placed right after the corner kick was performed there. And he was right on the spot. He knew it was coming. He managed to, like, you know, like get a hand to it, send it, get him another corner kick there. But had he not gotten a hand to it, this match could have been much different than it was, right? Like, it, it, it could have been us not talking about a win here currently. But he was there. He, he was there showing everyone why he won the Golden Glove Award and just delivering. Another amazing save for the Danny reel of saves. So if anyone out there is trying to make a compilation of Danny saves, I think there's plenty of really awesome ones out there that you could you could have a good amount of time of saves, right? Probably at least at least an hour it's worth of maybe 10 second, five second clip of saves because he's he's done quite a bit too. And that's why uh, 
Sharon's given him that nickname of the cat, right? <laughs> the cat-like reflexes. He is the cat. You watch any video of a cat trying to thwart, you know, a ball being <laughs> chucked at him. And, you know, cats are so good at seeing things. They they just see it differently. And Danny is so focused when when that time comes. We have two really good goalkeepers. Carlos is incredible himself. I hope we get to keep him, you know, just like we're hopefully going to be able to keep moving. This squad is brilliant. Don't change. It's almost like, don't change a thing. This is a brilliant squad. We'll, we'll want it, want it for 2024, but getting ahead of myself. So that was a cat like <laughs> reflex in the 20 something minute. As Luis just said, Jared was probably sweating bullets and creating new memes all along, you know, <laughs> during the broadcast, right, Jared? I think I was pretty much doing a listen to Brilla like M&M's. I mean, it would save like that. I mean, it, they, thankfully, you know, they were all kept out because we knew we know New Mexico definitely had some opportunities here and there. I mean, this is a team that, uh, like uh, Luis mentioned earlier, I mean, we suffered our largest loss of, of the season against them originally, held them to a scoreless draw here in Hard Held Park. And then this past uh, Saturday night, we ended up on top one nothing. Yeah, I, I would even argue even Danny could have been mad at the match. I know Connor got the goal and all that, but thanks to Danny, you know, we're we're moving on. <laughs> Speaking of moving on, remember it's Friday. We're going to be playing Uncle Ruckus, otherwise known as San Antonio. Remember to get your tickets early, you know, get them downloaded. So one last thing I want to talk about, and I, I just got to mention it because I hope things change for the game on Friday, is the ref, right? Surprise, surprise, me talking about refs <laughs> and all that. I, no, I don't know what was going on there. Like there were plenty of handballs that weren't being called. Well, I, was... at least for us, right? Because yeah. if it was no. against us, he saw the handball. He got a little bit better in the second half. But even then, towards the end, there were a few other missed calls. Phantom. Fouls not being fouls. Yellow Phantom. cards that shouldn't have been yellow cards. Like, for instance, why does Roro get a yellow card when he's taking the armband, uh, captain armband off to hand it out to another player before he gets uh, subbed out? Why does he get a yellow card right away? I and another guy that. also did. Just just before he got subbed, an issue occurred on the field that should have been a foul called against New Mexico. It wasn't called. I think it, I think it was in that same time frame. And Roro must have said something. He must have oh, okay. said. I think he he must have said something. A dissent, you know, because of the non-call. It should have been a call because something had happened. I remember clearly that there was an issue right before Roro got subbed, or maybe he wasn't happy, and maybe who knows. But I. I think it was something he said, but at the end of the day, that was, that was like really bizarre. That was wrong. And the referee was making up things. We were watching closely. It's like, there was nothing that happened in some of the uh, stoppages, the play stoppages, nothing had happened. And yet he would blow a foul against all of us. Everybody was lit up going, what's he calling? What does he see? Cause we can't see it. Yeah. You can kind of see the offsides in the beginning, the AR, on our side, on the west side, wasn't keeping up with play, and he missed one off sides against New Mexico. But at the end of the day, it, this this ref was, I'm I'm certain he's quality, but I have a funny feeling I I don't know. Elvis was better last night against with San Diego and Phoenix than our ref was on Saturday night. My guess. I don't even know if maybe even Melvin Rivas was better than than this guy, but luckily we won. Oh, I know Jared. Won. Jared's like, oh, we, he could do competition, right? Jared, I feel like he he could give Melvin Rivas a run for his money potentially, 
right? <laughs> yeah, there's a possibility of that. I mean, I still say Melvin's uh, king of the shite house recalls, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but that's how the game ended, right? One nil, like Sharon said. Second half was a little bit of an improvement, right? We're still not where we should be at, I think, in in terms of like playoff games go. But you know what? We just got to move on and improve in the next match and make sure that we don't make any mistakes that we made in this match against Uncle Ruckus because that that could be a whole different scenario there against them. But I want to move on to talk about our podcast winner dinner competition here because we had a <laughs> double or, or nothing points there. Now, things are looking good for Sharon, though. I know. <laughs> I know oh. she, me and Sharon actually got four points because we guessed Sake in the first yellow card and no extra time and remember the points were doubled for each category so that's why we got four there now jared actually got the right score line one nil he got two points for that and uh, and which is really awesome because it's been it's been a long time since anyone's gotten the right score line in fact the last time that, that happened that's when uh i guessed one one over at the game at tampa the one game that jared uh traveled to so uh that's it's been a while since <laughs> since that happened so we're happy for you, Jared, and uh, you give us hope that one of us might get the right scoreline for this upcoming match there. But the standings, when updated here, are as follows. So Sharon, with her four points, is up to 31 points. With my four points, I'm up to 27 points. And with the two points, Jared is at 22 points there. So, yeah, no, still yeah. long ways out. But uh, remember, there are the bonus point opportunities there, which... Neither Keiko nor Jack got an assist, so Jack's still two assists away from Keiko, and Jared and Sherrod guessed Keiko as being the assist leader, so, uh, you know, it's looking pretty good. I think that you guys might get five extra points for that matter, so anything can happen, especially with uh, doing a double or nothing round here, but since I think Sharon went first and last one, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to have Jared go first because I think you went last. Right in the last one, and then I'll go second. All right. Well, I am going to say at minimum 2 1, uh, we, we beat uh, Uncle Ruckus FC. And for first goal choice, I would like to say Kecko. And if for some reason, if he does not get it or does not uh, take the field, I want to say Connor Donovan. First yellow, I'm going to go with San Antonio. This does not go to extra time and thus no PKs either. I'm going to say no. I'm no with PKs. You on that. I'm with you on that. It, it's right. been a while. Yeah. Oh, and we're hoping not, right? Unless, like, we're the ones who end up scoring last minute and extra time, then we want PKs. But other than that, yeah. But by, all, by all means, please do not do not make us have to go through that if, if it's not necessary. Well, for me, and I actually have it already written down too. This is just on the spot here. I also say 2-1 SRFC. First goal, I'm going to go back with uh, Russell. If he's not on the pitch, I'm going to go with Luis Felipe. And then first yellow card, I think unfortunately we're going to get the first yellow card. No to extra time, but should we go to extra time, I do think that we would take it to PKs. So that is what I got. Sharon. So I think we're going to have another shutout because I, I have a feeling the guys are going to tighten up you know, their situation. I I know we've, the last time we played well and we got into San Antonio's head a little bit, as a matter of fact, you know, little situation. So I'm actually going to be brave and say it's 2-0. We're going to get two goals. 
Russell will be the first goal scorer. If for some reason he cannot play, I'm going with Shane. You know, we're going to have a set piece. I really want to do Connor Donovan again. And by the way, Connor's one and Donovan. Oh. Otherwise, it's, you're <laughs> making it Connor Sutton and he doesn't see the pitch. Good if, they, if they're needed. <laughs> yeah. You can still be I registered. San, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have San Antonio getting the first yellow just because, you know, it's them. But I think we're we're going to be kind of spicy against San Antonio. There's going to be a lot of ankle kicking. And I think we'll do a protest, a, a non-call. And I think, honestly, I think we'll probably end up with the first yellow because the refs are going to be stupid and not see what San Antonio is doing because they're nasty players, except for, you know, some of our favorite stuff. And I don't have us going to no. We're not going to go to extra time and no PKs. So there you are. That's my, that's my prediction. So yeah, we're all a little different. You know, I'm a little bit more confident with that zero, that goose egg. Danny Vidiolo, if you're listening to this, come on, keep it a clean sheet. No matter how, how many goals or how many goals we score, just give, you know, make sure it's a clean sheet. Otherwise, if San, San Antonio gets a goal, likens the chance of my partners here getting a point so just <laughs> just keep a clean sheet because we're in a competition too you know <laughs> <laughs> i was even gonna uh, suggest that if you guys want to try another category of uh well you know he who shall not be named get a yellow card or not <laughs> <laughs> extra category you know he's gonna keep his business clean because he he basically wiped his ass all over the field the last couple times we've seen him or you know last times you guys saw him did I just say what I just said? Boy, that was bad. Um, but yeah. So I'm thinking rate. it depends on like how the game goes. Because we know he could be one of those. Well, I guess regardless of like the scoreline, he could get a little cocky, right? If Even if they're like winning. But if they're losing, he's going to lose his mind. Mark my words, if we're winning, we're, we might be seeing another episode of the He Who Shall Not Be Named. Hey, I can't wait to get to the next the next segment, though. Luis and Jared, because it's been a while since we've had an unsolved mystery, and I can't wait for that. Yeah, so Jared, go ahead and do his honors. This time it'll actually be hosted by you. Introduce us with uh, USL Unsolved Mysteries. From March through November, every single match is 90 minutes long at minimum. Each match full of pride, emotion, torment, power, and joy, but also full of mystery. Join us as we uncover some of these USL Unsolved Mysteries. All right, well, this one just uh, reared its head earlier this morning uh, through uh, through the internet. Uh, apparently, and, this, and once again, this is just rumor, unsubstantiated, nothing official as of yet, uh, but I have been seeing both a, a tweet on Twitter as well as on Reddit in regard to RGBFC. Uh, there has been talk that this could be uh, RGB's uh, last season. Uh, now, it's no secret that a lot of the clubs have been uh, suffering because of the pandemic the past couple of years and financially trying to get back on equal footing. Uh, but uh, with San Diego not being able to locate a, a proper stadium deal and now RGV's uh, talk of possibly not doing so well financially, this could be another ser- uh, another series of waves for uh, teams being removed from the USL Championship. Of course, uh, a year or two ago, we remember all the MLS2 teams being uh, allocated away from USL and into MLS Next Pro. 
But what's concerning here is we still have these other expansion bids, uh, Iowa, New Orleans, Northwest Arkansas, Jacksonville, uh, probably a few others uh, further on down the road as well. And we've not heard a whole lot of word from them. So the fact that we've already lost San Diego as they were eliminated from the playoffs yesterday at, at home. And now these rumors for RGV, how is this going to shape the, the rest of the league by the time the season rolls up in 2024? Are we going to have to reallocate more teams from the East into the Western Conference? I mean, that's that's probably going to be yet another uh, off-season conundrum, but I just wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. You know, we may not be going out to RGB next season. They may not have a team out there, but, uh, you know, I'll definitely do my best to uh, keep an ear on anything, any movement as far as expansion teams, uh, the transferring of the rights for San Diego, where they're going to be located, or if they're just going to flat out fold. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big story item, so we'll definitely keep keep our ears on it. Yeah, thanks for letting us know, too. And and I don't know if you guys knew or not, but RGB actually used to be affiliated with Houston Dynamo, and I think it's becoming maybe challenging for those teams that used to be essentially a B team for an MLS team to still kind of operate on their own, like with the other one being Loudon who used to be tied to DC. So it's it's challenging, right? But if there's other teams in other places that can meet to the standards that USL is requesting and all that, and actually, you know, bring more fans, because I think RGB didn't really bring a large crowd, right? It didn't seem like that in their games. Then they got to do what they got to do, right? We got to have more more people in the stands. But, but it is a shame for the fans of the Toros if that yeah. ends up happening. It is. It is a shame. Bring back Reno. We love the Sierra Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that, it's only a pipe dream, you know, because it's close enough where we can go stay the night and, you know, have a little fun. But I know Reno's never coming back, but dang it, that would be kind of fun. And Las Vegas keeps trundling along. There they are at the bottom of the basement. And they're just like, hey, we're coming back next year. It's like, are you serious? You're you guys suck. I mean, they have good players, some good players. They just haven't figured out how to win. But that's sad news. You know, I mean, it's sad news, but thank you for keeping us updated in the, of the possibilities of, you know, what, what could possibly happen. And you never know. I mean, there could be other teams in the East that decide, you know, hey, we're done, you know, and then next thing you know, you know, just kind of like evening out the, the numbers, there may be a, a, a way to do it. I wouldn't know how that would work because our United States is huge. Mm -hmm. It's just absolutely huge. Anyhow, travel is never easy when you're traveling by air across the United States. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Especially going from one side to the other, especially now that we're playing every East coast team once that's tough, right? But it's good. I see what they're doing right there. Want to make sure that all the players get to play against every single team all across the board. So that's great. Don't just limit it to the USL cup final and whatnot but but a good note there jared hoping for the best and if any teams do leave hopefully they have some backups because we (laughs) we don't want to see the league shrink we want to see the league grow and when you see a league shrink you start to worry a little bit (laughs) you know that's the last thing we need there i would love Um, to see a team in spokane you know would love to see spokane step up as a you know as as a level it's it's a growing part of the state of washington why not it's not anywhere close to Seattle. Let's cheer for Spokane. Yeah, you, you could, that's a good point. You could have teams from uh, League One move up too. That's a good opportunity, right? Look at the ones that have had 
good attendance and give him that opportunity to to be there. Hopefully Fuego is in that category someday, but it, it's also rough year, <laughs> rough year for them for sure. All right. One last thing here before we close out. I want to talk really quickly about the matches, aside from our match two uh, going on in this next round of playoffs. So our game, of course, is on Friday. This this Friday. So y'all make sure you go on Friday. It's not on Saturday. I know there's been a little confusion or some people have been questioning what happened. And if you are also questioning that, if you missed maybe our last few episodes, there's a concert going on on Saturday. So I feel like instead of doing it on Sunday, they figured... Let's have it on Friday because we know the pitch is not going to be in really good conditions on Sunday. So great decision. I would have done the same to do it on Friday, but it is a little later start time, no 7.30 p.m. So it helps out with everyone who has to get out of work and beat the traffic or have to deal with the traffic and all that. Gives you some time to get to the stadium there. But on Saturday, we're going to be seeing the other three playoff matches, both here in the West and the East. Uh, You got Charleston Battery against Birmingham Legion. On Saturday at 4 p.m., 30 minutes later, start time, Louisville City against Detroit City at 4.30. And then uh, to close out the round of playoffs, Orange County is playing against the Phoenix Rising FC, which actually had quite an epic game yesterday against uh, San Diego there. It's a shame I wanted San Diego to move on, so that way we'd say the final could be in California. But now now you, you just, you don't know, right? It, it's up in the air there, but... Great matches. We know we know we saw a lot of shockers in the East, especially. And I, I wasn't prepared to see all those shockers that we saw. But as we all know, Pittsburgh Riverhounds ended up losing on Saturday. And that was really good news for us because they were first place overall. So that makes us first place overall now, technically, <laughs> with the remaining teams there, meaning that in the event of us getting to that USL Cup final, we play in Sacramento. So everyone, put your travel plans aside. Stay in Sacramento for the next few weeks should we advance because there's no more travel to Pennsylvania, thankfully, because I, I, I was going to do the travel, but I was hearing a few rumblings of like the weather might not be good and all that, but I was getting ready to face that intensity. Yeah. You know what? You were not, you were not alone. I was actually putting feelers out with people that live on the East Coast. It's like, okay, where's the best place? So you bring up a really good point. And Jared mentioned this in one of his memes, Detroit rooted for us twice, in a sense, or we (laughs) returned the favor and rooted for them. They were rooting for us to knock off Miami so that Detroit would qualify Mm. for the eighth position. Well, we did that for them. So we had some fans in Detroit like, yay, go sack. And now we turned around and we were cheering. Like I was cheering Detroit, like nobody's (laughs) business, like knock off Pittsburgh, knock them off. And guess what? We return the favor, or they return the favor to us, and so let's just hope we just have a deep run, and we're not eating crow after wishing these things. <laughs> right now, now watch it be Sacramento against Detroit. Right, that, that would be that'd that would be, be really so funny. Sweet though, yeah. I mean, come on, they everybody loves California, and we're yeah. nice <laughs> once. We're nice once. Jared wanted I'm to say something. Jared, I think yeah. wasn't really uh, too uh, agree. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I know some folks in Arizona that would take the differ, but uh, that, that's for another episode. <laughs> Dude, we're and, nice and, and once I'm, until you beat us. Once you've beaten us, we're not nice after that. We're only nice if we beat you. And, and I'll even say already, Phoenix, at least Valley Metro, is wanting all the smoke because they posted a, a, a picture of, uh, that was supposed to look like uh, light rail stops. They put 38th Street in Washington, and then they put San Diego. Now they ha- have next stop Orange County. Sorry to tell you, Valley Metro, but uh, Orange County is going to be the end of the line. 
there will not be any expansion in the Northern California. I'm sorry. Oh, they, they, so, so they're trying to be after the California teams, right? They're like, challenge is on. Well, hopefully OC does their job. And if they don't and we move on, then it'll be up to us to, to do that. But let's keep an eye on Phoenix, though. I feel like they're going to be dangerous, just like they were yesterday at San Diego and and when, what they did. And it looks like our former uh, Darek Formella is is on a different level, at least in that game. So we just got to keep an eye out for that. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, last final parting words before we say have a good night, everyone. Count the days because it is going to be in a matter of a few days, literally. Four sleeps. Four more sleeps, everybody. Get them in and get rested. Sac Republic players, get rested. Shout out to the Academy, the under-17s cream San Jose Earthquakes. Go Republic and... Let's see if we can't get our hands on Ronaldo from San Diego. Sorry, San Diego. I, you know, am heartbroken that this is the end. But there's a couple guys that I got my eyes on. So, anywho. Going out of business sale, basically. <laughs> the fire sale has started, as Jared always says. And then also, also as far as this Friday, once again, just get your tickets early. Prepare for traffic. And Mitch, prepare for something to be... Not functioning correctly for about a good week afterwards. And go Republic. <laughs> As for me, everyone, I know that most, if maybe not all, well, actually, I probably shouldn't say all because there's some that root for other teams. I know a lot of uh, Psych Republic fans are also fans of the Kings. And I know that Friday, the game is going to be around the same time as the Kings opening night. But I got to say, y'all, there's a playoff game. Kings play so many games in regular season that I would probably maybe understand it if it was a playoff game for the Kings and they both collided in the same day, which will never happen <laughs> since the seasons are much different. But make it a priority to be out at Harkel Park. You know, just leave the game recording if you want to watch the Kings game later on or maybe watch it while you're waiting for half time to roll over on, on our side. And, you know, just be out there, support and sell the stadium out just like we did on Saturday. I know it's on a Friday. I know it's a little more inconvenient for people getting out of work. But, hey, if I'm going out there living in Modesto on a Friday night that I actually work as well, then you can make it work as well. You know, I know traffic's bad, but it's not as bad as it is for us (laughs) having to drive an extra hour out here. So uh, be there, be loud, because we are playing against what I call our biggest rival. Right now, the Reno's out, and again, due to our history with them, this is going to be more than just a playoff match. We want to win this match, and in fact, if we win this match and we don't win any of the championship titles, I'll be happy that we knocked out Uncle Ruckus FC and that we left them without a possibility to move on. So that's all we ask for. But of course, as always, I always have to put the disclaimer out there for the players: just give it your all. Doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what we're talking about here in the next episode that we do. All we ask is that, you know, you, you leave your hearts out, you play for the jersey like you've been playing this whole entire season, and, you know, you always give us a hope throughout the match if you're losing at that possibility of being able to uh, move on to the West Championship game. All right, everyone, we'll have a good night, and we'll see you in a few days at Howard Hill Park if you're going to game on Friday, or you'll hear us next week here on State of the Republic Podcast. Cue the music and up the Terriers. Oh. Sorry, Luis, I didn't mean to yeah. throw you up here, but Sarah walks into a bar in Boise and says, bartender, give me a beer. Don't let me get started on that little riddle. It goes on and on and on. And I mean, it ends with, uh, what about, like, never mind. 
about that. Never mind. I'm not going to even go there. There's a part I, of that. Either way, we'll we'll be sure to remind you on on Friday, Louise. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. <laughs>